happy Saturday and happy Women's Month. I'm back and I'm your host, Leah Angela Shockle. And today we are featuring our third and last episode for our Women's Month special, featuring the Chief Executive Officer of Edukashan.ph, Grace David. Grace David joined Etika Sean in 2019, equipped with more than 15 years of experience in brand management, marketing, and sales in large local, regional, and global institutions, including San Miguel Corporation, Kraft, Mandela's and Carey, etc. As a staunch education advocate, David leads Etika Sean into the next phase of youth-centered engagement and product innovation to guide students toward a successful and fulfilling future. Edukashan offers 10 million annual student visitors an online marketplace to search, compare, and apply to higher education institutions and online courses. It is a platform to engage with leading corporations, foundations, and nonprofit organizations. Last but not the least, it is also a resource for guidance and advice to pursue a successful path from education to career. Grace will also be one of our panel participants for our event this March 26. Learn more about the event on our show notes. For now, let's get to Grace's life and career story and learn a thing or two about what it takes to be a successful and empowered woman in the edtech startup world. This episode is brought to you by Life Design that gets you out of bed. Add more life into your years. Get unstuck, flourish. This is the Independent Collective. Stories that inform, empower, and inspire. I'm your host, Leah Shoko, and today we are featuring our third and last episode for our Women's Month special, featuring the Chief Executive Officer of Edukashan.ph, Grace David. Hi, Grace. How are you today? Thanks for coming. Thanks for actually having Edukashan and me in mind for your program. Nice to actually be talking to you again, Leia. Yes, I'm so honored to have this conversation. I'm so excited about this topic that we're actually diving right into. Because in line of Women's Month, we will be focusing on women leaders in male-dominated fields. And I believe that you are in one, especially since you're in edtech and in the startup scene. So I guess if you're ready, I'd love to start with an icebreaker, but kind of a deep one. Is that okay? Yes, go ahead. Great. So my question is, if you knew that you would not fail at something, what would you do and why? It is a difficult question. And we're just on our first question. (laughs) Difficult because like obviously with all the plans that we've made, it's always with like a lot of risk that you have to factor in. But I also love the question because if I knew I'm not going to fail or have that fear of failing, first I actually want to make sure that I pursue in setting up a school. So have a school wherein online and offline is happening and is part of the total program. And that school is actually something that's with an affordable tuition so that more and more Filipinos could actually be jumping into not just going to the school, but having access to quality education. That's so great. And I love that answer because actually, you know, it seems like a big undertaking, especially now when COVID is on the rise. I mean, hopefully it goes down. 
But education is super important now and a lot are like on leave. I know a lot of people, for example, who went on LOA. So that would be very interesting. And may I know if that school would be affiliated with education or is it like something personal you want to do? I mean, everything I want to do in the education space, I want to affiliate it with education because definitely the kind of change that we want to see happening in the landscape is the same vision that education is pursuing. So I see that goal to be very much aligned also to what education is doing. So yeah, it would be a great powerhouse if we get to do all those aspirations on the education field, getting seen also in the portfolio of education. Great. Thanks for that. And I love how you answered that really well because the question is actually a great transition to our actual topic. This question was actually asked by Elizabeth Holmes, and I know you're familiar with her, former founder and CEO of what was once a billion-dollar startup, Theranos. And if you're familiar with the Hulu series, airing actually right now as we speak, we watched her grow from being like this very gentle little kid to being this kind of like boss lady and then ultimately very masculine one. She started dressing up like Steve Jobs with a black turtleneck, and, you know, deepened her voice. And it's not just her, you know, Margaret Thatcher, the well-known Iron Lady did that. Even our women in politics today, I mean, Sarah Duterte is hailed for being the school leader because she's very masculine. She has all these tattoos. She has this pixie kind of like boyish haircut. So I want to know, have you ever experienced feeling this way? having to dress up, act like, or even think like a typical macho leader? When I was doing my reflection of what has been my journey as a leader, more so as a female leader, I've seen actually the earlier parts of that journey to be finding out what should be my style. And I thought all the while, I was not compromising my female DNA when I was starting to move up the ladder. Because the earlier years when I took senior positions in the company, I saw myself wanting to actually portray some attributes of a male. And it was an unconscious mirroring of what happened. Because the reality is there's still a lot more male leaders that I've been seeing in the boardroom. And even without actually people raising that, you could be actually keeping your unique sense on how you want to display yourself as a leader. What I've noticed is that unconsciously, I was mirroring some male behaviors of like, first, having that round voice. Maybe you will be heard more if your mm-hmm. voice is round, but I don't know if you've noticed my voice is naturally not that round, right? And next to that, mm-hmm. I've also consciously started like embracing a wardrobe that is more looking like a coat and tie. I didn't wore a tie, but definitely my kind of fashion slowly evolved to like it has to be really with a coat, a little bit stiff, solid colors. And because that looked like to be more believable, looking like a leader. And that's how power and presence is actually getting defined. That was actually the earlier start of my leadership career. But what I've actually also realized as I continue with my work and continue of like, how do I really present myself? I've noticed that I was actually compromising me. Like 
who is actually that natural grace because I just don't want to be seen as someone who is capable in leading teams and businesses. I want also to make sure that I do not compromise the authentic me. And what I've discovered is I actually enjoy wearing dresses. I enjoy smiling more because in the boardroom, in big meetings and big discussions, it's always like with a stiff or if not stiff, it's just like always with a serious face. And because I've seen that if you're with that serious face, you're like, a little more stern on how you carry yourself, it looked like you're more believable on being a leader. But obviously, there was like resistance in me during that growing up stage. I must say, becoming a senior leader and growing up uh, to the role, no? it didn't feel like it was a natural me. So it was like later this year that I've discovered that there's actually nothing wrong if you would be choosing Yes, be a female leader, take that role, take that opportunity, but it doesn't also mean that you are of a lesser female leader if you show your female DNA. And for me, my female DNA is that I enjoy actually in terms of fashion, it doesn't always have to be solid colors of like big chunky coat or, or of course right now the coat has been more softer look. Like first being comfortable that my fashion should actually complement me and how I present myself and the skills and the results I deliver is actually good enough and strong enough to say that I am a leader. And I should always be showing the comfortable female in me so that I could encourage the rest of the females that you could be comfortable in keeping your female DNA and at the same time behaving, acting as the leader of your team and of the organization. And in fact, as we do that, we're encouraging more females not to compromise their femininity as they actually embrace their Mm -hmm. position. Thank you. That's actually a very interesting thought. What if women leaders ultimately take the lead and then like all these male leaders would get pressured to act more feminine too? You know, (laughs) just interesting. But yeah, thanks for that. And you're definitely an empowered woman to say that you refuse to be more masculine. You'll just really embrace the true you, which is, I guess, a girly girl. And I want to know how you handled the pressure before. I mean, you mentioned how you resisted from that, but what did you turn to, I guess? Did you have a specific role model? What were your inspirations and just showing the real you in a way? Actually, when you're asking that question of who's your role model, it's difficult because I've seen a lot of female leaders and they're all great in what they do and what they represent. And I could really tell that it's their true self that they're able to display, right? Now, specifically for me, but I haven't actually seen a female leader who's completely comfortable. Because these are like the descriptions I would actually describe myself. The reality is, may level ako ng pagiging mahinhin, right? And mm-hmm. for me, I'm comfortable with it. But the thing is, if you look at like your top leaders, Mahinhin is not the yeah, usual you have to be aggressive. Person, right? Mm-hmm. Of a leader more so. I mean, for a female, that could be an acceptable, I mean, that is a description. Top ranking in an organization, 
suddenly that description is getting replaced with other items. And it's like being decisive, being, I wouldn't say aggressive, but decisive would be the best word that I could think of right now. But those are not your equivalent attributes also of like someone who's very feminine. And that's me. I enjoy doing the work that needs to be done by a CEO, by a top leader of an organization. But I don't want to compromise the natural me. In my earlier years, that was actually the struggle. Do I have to actually replace it with a more rounded voice? And then when you are actually in a meeting, especially during the times when physical mm-hmm. meeting is being done, you're really acting like stiff and then mm-hmm. very forceful in your conversation so that they yeah. really are serious with your point. Yeah, we could have a conversation and negotiation, but the point I'm driving at remains the same. Right, And for me, I felt before to be really heard and to be taken seriously by my co-workers, by my co-leaders, I felt like, yeah, I have to act like very masculine on how I speak, on how I carry myself. But it was a struggle because obviously that wasn't the natural me. And if I take a look on who are the strong leaders who are capable, skilled, and really effective in their leadership position, those females were showing attributes of a male. And that one, actually, I had a hard time on that because obviously it was not the natural me. And the struggle in my head during that time, do I really need to actually drop my own personality and start embracing some more masculine attributes so that I could be effective as a leader? There are some meetings and conversations. Yes, it seems like that one could be a good route. But most of the time, it was a struggle. It was obviously not the natural. And what I did was experiment. Am I really becoming less effective if I am really more collaborative in a meeting room wherein I enjoy just really finding out more on the thinking of other people and me asking those questions in my feminine way, right? So what I'm thankful is that opportunity turned out to be a good discovery of myself while making sure that I'm able to really manage the team and the business. What was that one experience that sort of really pressured you to kumbaga, act very manly and then also the experience or that Eureka moment that snapped you out of it and said, made you think rather na I don't want to be this fake grace. I don't want to keep up a show where I'm masculine because I'm not, you know? So what were those two parang instances? The first one being like the pressure and then the second one being the turning point. I think first, the reason why I'm dressing up as such and behaving as such, because always the driver during that time was more of how could I be seen effective. But apart from being effective, how could I make sure that my co-leaders are taking me seriously and not just like, okay, one of the members to fill up actually the leadership team, no? I was actually with the thinking that for them to seriously take me, I have to carry those masculine attributes because majority of them were males and they were more used to those kinds of behavior and visual cues, diba, of mm-hmm. uh, who is a leader. So for me, the big struggle and I would say the big change is 
the reason why I show up in those leadership meetings and leadership decision-making discussions, I want to show up as a genuine me. I think that mm-hmm. was the big change. Instead of making the control or the first thought in your mind is how could be an effective leader? And then the answer to that question is more associated to attributes of a man. I started with who's the real me that like undeniably when people see these attributes, they could easily say that it's grace. So I changed the line of questioning I have. So the first question is instead of how could I be an effective leader and to be taken seriously, the first question I started asking is, who is Grace, by the way? Because at the end of those meetings, I don't want to be known as like, ah, Grace, she's the senior manager. Oh, she's Mm -hmm. the CEO. I actually want to be remembered. Oh, that's Grace. And for me, it's not about who had the roundest voice in that meeting. <laughs> I suddenly am being careful of like how to have those descriptions now because I don't want to create biases naman then with the male gender. It's really more of like, I want to be identified to be grace. And me as a, not just as a leader or as a CEO, me being grace means I'm the one who actually not just am decisive of what needs to be done, but I also want to be the person who is known to listen and to really collaborate. And I could mm-hmm. actually be someone who's listening and collaborating, not necessarily with a rounded voice and then showing up in that meeting in a red bright, uh, well, not bright, but like <laughs> red strong lipstick together with mm-hmm. a, power, a power coat and dress and super high heels. I mean, those kinds of cues, usually it's actually the kind of fashion, right? And attributes of a power woman in a office workplace setting. But I don't want to be limited that a strong female leader, a good, effective female leader is actually only with those attributes. We Mm -hmm. could come up and show up in those kinds of conversations, being ourselves. And what needs to be taken a look, what needs to be looked at is actually not those attributes, but the contribution you bring into those conversations and decision making. And if we are able to create that leadership team we're in, it's not just about having females in that conversation, in that leadership team, but allowing males and females to show up in that leadership meeting as their true selves. I think that's when we are able to show real diversity. We're in, it's not just about like carrying one certain attribute of what an effective leader is. It's actually together with your own personality. Then that makes you an authentic leader. So I think for me, what I've really learned and what I've discovered in that journey is going through the cycle of and through the motion of like first mirroring myself like a male leader and then acknowledging that there's some discomfort. Alam mo yung parang hindi pa rin ako to. And then mm-hmm. discovering myself that, yeah, I could be completely feminine on how I do my work and it doesn't mean I am lesser of a leader. In fact, Showing up as grace in that leadership discussion is the kind of diversity needed. And 
I think that's my story of like how my journey. <laughs> yeah, a wonderful one at that. And it's just so interesting because I think the gist of what you just said is that we shouldn't put women or generally, I guess, people in boxes. Yeah. So this is not just for females. Now that we're having conversation in this, actually, even the males, right? Because I'm sure describing male leaders to be having someone with a rounded voice, someone with a serious face in a meeting, I don't think that's the only description of a male leader. And I am interested to discover and to get to know more types of male leaders outside those kind of general... Uh, generic uh, description, right? Definitely. And it's so interesting that you talked about that because there's this wonderful quote that I got from Emma Watson, if you're familiar with her, when she gave this speech at the United Nations where she talked about how women should not just be kind of like the center of this feminist movement to give women the platform to be boyish or to be girlish or whatever. And then she mentioned something like, we don't need to defend our women if we don't kind of pressure our men to also act in a certain way. So it's kind of like a very symbiotic ecosystem where I guess men and women contribute to each other's, I guess, kind of downfalls and also successes. And so if we just collaborate and anyway, if you just see each other eye to eye and see each other for who the other person really is, and then I think that would be the dream. So thanks for that. And I'm just interested, so far, what's the best compliment that you've ever received, you know, as CEO of Education and who gave that compliment to you? That's a nice question. It makes me reflect and like try to do a replay of my days. I think <laughs> right now, best compliment, first, that I'm an inspiring leader. Because that's what I wish many, many years ago, that if I get to a senior role, I just don't want to be someone known to be establishing businesses and delivering top line and bottom line results. I want to be someone who is actually inspiring. And I'm thankful because I got to hear it, not just from my team here mm-hmm. in education, but from time to time, I get to hear it also from people outside our organization. And for me, that's a big compliment because the work that we do here in education It's not an easy task. We just don't want to build a business. We want to make a change in the lives of our Filipino youth and in the education space. And to just be skilled in doing the work will not be enough because mahirap at nakakapagod. And the way that you are willing to take on those challenges every single day requires a significant amount of inspiration. Wherein you're going to go through all those difficult times, go through all the hard work, but because you are highly motivated, you're willing to do the work. And for me, receiving a compliment that they get inspired, working with me, having a chance to speak with me, have a conversation with me, and hearing after that they got inspired, it actually fuels me and re-energizes me to do the work continually and actually do more. That's a kind of compliment that really makes me smile and be thankful mm-hmm. of the work that I'm able to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to say it again, Grace. You are an inspirational leader. And I'm not just saying that, I guess, to really <laughs> compliment you now, but also because I'm a big fan of the question. I've been a huge follower since it really grew big in 2018 because that was the time when I was applying to colleges. And I appreciated 
really the help that I got in terms of information, in terms of the colleges available, the opportunities to be scholarships, etc. And you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to how you guys are gonna grow bigger, hopefully soon. And yeah, change the world. And in line with what you said about being an inspiring leader, I want to know how you guys in education.ph um, support your female partners, your female employees, your female customers. You know, how do you come about approaches to support them and empower them, if ever? Yeah. First, there's consciousness that there should be diversity. And it's not just about being open for more females. It's like, making the opportunities open across all genders, across all segments or whatever advocacy or whatever representation they want to be known. So we want to make sure that all the opportunities within education are being open across all those segments and genders. Now, we just don't practice it internally. We also make sure that this is reflected in all our efforts and in all our external engagement. And I'm proud to say that one of actually the initiatives that we are very much present on is actually the project that we're having with investing in women. And not just limited to that, a lot of our other projects are all about empowerment, right? Empowerment on your choices, empowerment on yourself. And that one is reflected in a lot of other projects that we have. We have actually a project also with Unilever that is allowing us to really empower women. We also have actually good uh, set of materials, content that we've been developing so that all genders are properly represented and empowered as well. That one is really all the initiatives that we've been doing both internally and externally. That sounds like a lot to do. So I want to know what's the toughest challenge that you've had so far in your journey as CEO, I guess, and as an all-around hustler. Toughest would always really be making sure we as a team are actually moving towards one direction. Education has been growing as an organization. So it means in terms of people count, we've been increasing the size of the team. Apart from the people count, the business and our portfolio has also been growing in terms of products and campaigns that we've been launching. And all those things happening at a fast pace. And the first big challenge is how do I make sure that every single member of the team has a good understanding of what really is that direction? What really is the objective? the big objective of total education, and what really is the deliverable of every project, every key initiative that our team is implementing. Because obviously, if we're not all working towards one goal that we all understood exactly the same, that all of us have a common understanding, then it's just difficult to run fast, right? Given that we're on a startup setup, Running fast is definitely an attribute that we should be able to keep. That should be a culture that we should really be practicing. And I know we're able to run faster if all of us are actually reading and comprehending our objectives and direction with same comprehension. And for me, making sure that all of us are aligned and reminding ourselves of what really is our goal, that's the first big challenge that I must actually make sure that we are all able to address in education internally. 
And one big challenge for me externally, I'd like us to be seen as part of that ecosystem, that big education sector, that ecosystem together with the other stakeholders, not just the schools, but including government, private companies, parents, and students, that education is seen to be a key contributor of change. And for us to be seen that we are with them in wanting change to happen and not just like a business entity, but definitely an organization who's going to force goodness out of every individual and in the education space. Well said. And I'm so excited (laughs) about what you guys have in store for this year and I guess the following years. And this conversation, I have last two questions. And the second to the last one is, you know, what advice do you have for girls or women, I guess, who are younger than you who want to be a woman in STEM, a woman in a leadership position, and someone who's an inspiring leader in and out of your role or your title? This is exactly what I said to the team this morning when we were gathering for our town hall. I reminded them that don't just dream, dimensionalize your dream. It's not our dream are not static numbers or just one stage in our Mm -hmm. life season. It is actually a dream of many dimensions. It's not even just like a 2D or a 3D kind of dream. It's a whole dream that actually brings life. So as to the young females who's listening right now, dream big, yes, but also dimensionalize your dream. Because like, for instance, our dream is not just a number wherein we could be number one, right? But actually getting to that top position or that top level that you are aspiring for is not just a position, it's not just a number, it actually brings so much joy and happiness as well. So as you dream big, dimensionalize it wherein it's not just a location, it's not just a position, not even just a job title. Allow that dream to be dimensionalized with how much joy and happiness it could give you. And in my journey, what I've discovered, you get to that possession, not just because it's a rank or a level, you get to that possession because you are experiencing real joy and you're at your very best, not just because you have all the skills, you have actually everything that you've acquired, but you will see that because you are also giving so much. So dimensionalize that dream, not just on what you're going to get, who you will become. Dimensionalize that dream on how you could be at your very best. And that very best would always involve something that you will be giving. And that's a true, complete dimension of your dream. Mm-hmm. Very, very well said. Thanks for that, Grace. and. Wow, I do not know how to transition to the last question, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. What would you tell future Grace down the line, let's say end of 2022 or beyond? What's a message to your future self? Your questions are actually getting more and more difficult. But this last question, my future self, Grace, you've been doing a good work. Celebrate. There's nothing less that you have done. You've actually been doing good, good, great things even. So celebrate. 
All it's right. So simple, <laughs> but like that's really the one thing I want to tell myself. Yeah, have a well-deserved celebratory party or I guess <laughs> a trip or whatever. Or yeah, give back in a way. But thank you so much, Grace. I have learned so much from you and had so much fun. Before we end, I just want to ask, do you have anything to promote? Can you leave your socials or education's socials? Where can we find you? Yes, definitely to all our listeners who wants to actually find out how you could contribute in building our society and empowering our Filipino youth through education, please go visit our website. That's www.educacion.ph. And there you will be able to see not just the things that we offer, but also where you could contribute, whether you are a student, a parent, or someone actually from uh, representing an organization. Definitely, there's something that you could contribute in building and improving our education. And for the students who are listening, we want to make sure that you are properly guided in making your education and career decisions. So definitely visiting our site will give you more information on how you could be properly guided in your education to career journey. So apart from our website, you could also find me in uh, social media. So go just find Grace David in LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And happy to continually connect with you apart from this conversation in this show. Yes, that's right. Thank you so much again, Grace. And see you on the next episode. I'm Natalia. And I'm Leah. And we're the founders of Indigo. And we'd like to thank you for listening. We'd especially like to thank everyone who's been with us since day one. You guys are the real heroes behind our brand. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube, TikTok, and on Instagram too. All our links are in the show notes. We've said this before, but we'll say it again. Thank you very much. Till next time.